Welcome back. It's another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, and thanks for listening. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. Be sure you're checking out the official show website at nhte.net and sign up for the e-newsletter there. Just put your email address in the sign-up box, and I will only send to you once a week to let you know about the newest episode. There are also links on the website for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a songwriter, performer, and producer who has just completed his 12th album due to be released later this year, although the first single from it was released on June 20th. His musical journey has taken him from New York to San Francisco and now to Music City, along the way working with a variety of artists, including Jane Wheedland from the Go-Go's, among many others. He has performed at the famous Bluebird Cafe in Nashville and has his own studio there. You've been hearing his latest single, called Green Lights, it's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Gary Wirtz. Hey, how's it going, Bruce? I love your energy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's a great honor. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song of yours that was just playing called Green Lights. Well, Green Lights is interesting because it took such a, like a kind of a long journey to arrive at being released. It's, it's kind of, a, you know, like... I came to Nashville hoping to collaborate with many, many people and really getting into like combining genres and creating kind of new song forms. And what's funny about that is that Green Lights is not a collaboration with the Nashville scene. It's actually, it stems from our, my relationship with uh, actually the, uh, the Marley family down in Miami. Mm. Uh, my wife met Rita Marley actually uh, a couple years back in uh, San Bernardino at the Kaya um, music festival that they throw every year to celebrate the Kaya record album, you know, uh, that Bob Marley put out. And she met uh, Rita and um, Marcia Griffiths, one of the other I3s, as well as she met uh, Junior Toots, who is uh, the son of Toots from Toots and the Maytals. He's a, a legacy artist. And, you know, as I understand it, Toots actually. Um, coined the phrase reggae, which is amazing to wow. me. Um, but anyway, yeah, I didn't know that. And um, he put out a song called Do the Reggae back in the 60s. And that was the beginning of that whole thing. So, I mean, it's kind of curious because I have never really been like a reggae artist, but I had started working with some reggae artists in Northern California. And uh, so it was sort of a natural fit. And what happened was, we went down to Miami to Rita Marley's birthday party in her mansion, the old Bob Marley mansion down there. And uh, Rita had asked me to write her a song. Oh. So I wrote her a song because, well, she had recently experienced some medical issues. And um, so I, I wrote a song to her that kind of talked about how, even though she might have difficulties, um, that we still hear her. And that, you know, the song there's a song in her heart and everything. Mm. It was very 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 affecting song and i had this the heaviest gig of all time that i've ever done which was <laughs> at her birthday party 
sing to her about three feet away while 50 of her closest family and friends gathered around. Wow. Wow. And, you know, they're all, they're all wondering who the heck is this guy, <laughs> you know, you know, and so it was no pressure, you know, yeah. no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> and so I, I did the song for her and, you know, and it was just, you know, very well received. And so that was a wonderful experience. But and what happened after that was I went and hung out with Marcia Griffith at her house. She was one of the I3s, and um, her son uh, Marcus is a you know a, a Jamaican style producer down in the Miami area, and we just sort of just started like you know fooling around in his little studio there, and he made a beat, and I did this kind of cool little guitar acoustic guitar riff, and. We made that, and it just kind of all flowed out of that. And, you know, I asked my wife, like, well, what should this song be about? And she said, well, you know, everything seems to be flowing here. So why don't you just write about flowing, you know, things mm -hmm. that are just moving along nicely? Mm -hmm. So I, I said, well, okay, that's great. And, you know, what helps you, what helps you flow more than a green light or a bunch of green lights? So I just wrote that tune on top of there about uh, green lights and okay. how things are just things are just moving along because it seemed everything seemed so serendipitous you know everything sure. was like just sort of happening for us so that you know i put that all together and then later on i was like i, I really want you know it's a it's a country song i mean it's it's got a country <laughs> feel to it so you know what i mean and and you know marcus the producer's like well it's a country song and i was like yeah but i'd really love to hear you know some jamaican flow on it you know and lisa my wife called up Junior Toots, and he's actually out in Oakland, California. So, mm -hmm. um, so then we sent the song over to him, and he did his thing on it, and then they sent it back to us. And I was having a relationship with Boo Mitchell over in Memphis, Tennessee, at the Royal Studios. There's a studio where Al Green recorded all of his hit songs, and Bruno Mars recorded Uptown Funk. Mm. And all these sorts of things. And I had had the opportunity to record there earlier and did a bunch of great stuff there with like, you know, Al Green's old horn section and things like that. So I said, you know, who should mix this is Boo. So I took that over there, got that mix with by him and it sounded great, you know. So it's it's interesting. And, you know, the whole thing is just like it's taken such a journey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it, 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 it's 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 been flying around the United States, you know, <laughs> and then came back came back to me, and I was just really pleased with the results, you know. Wow, so what a great story! We put it out. Yeah, I know it's it's a long story, but it's the longest story I'll tell about a song today. <laughs> I promise you that. That's great. That's great. <laughs> anyway, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a for good sure. thing. For sure. Well, I want to say that I am very grateful to everyone who listens and subscribes. I really do appreciate you spending time with me and now hear this entertainment every week. And I hope that you're learning from me and my guests and getting entertainment from the show, too. After this interview, Gary and I are going to record more conversation that will be available to anyone who has signed up for the Patreon for Now Hear This Entertainment. It's only $5 a month, and it gives you access to those bonus conversations that I've been recording every week since last Christmas, actually. So what do I talk about with the guests over there? Go check it out and support me in the process. Go to my show website, nhte.net and click on the orange colored support us on Patreon button 
and that will take you to where you can sign up and get all that bonus audio, which, by the way, is ad-free. It would really mean a lot to me because it tells me that you enjoy and appreciate what I'm doing here every week. Plus, of course, you get to hear me giving you behind-the-scenes content. You can also just head directly to patreon.com slash nhte. Gary, congratulations on your new album. Wow, as as I mentioned in the intro, your 12th album. I'm wondering when will it be out, how many songs will be on it, and who else worked on it with you? Well, the album is called Hybrids, um, and I recorded it here mostly in Nashville, Tennessee, or out here in my studio, which is like outside of town because I have this 50-acre farm out here. So a lot of it was actually recorded in my garage, which I call the Sacred Dog East Studios. I was, you know, my attempt when I came out to Nashville was to like try to collaborate and try to make kind of new song forms using the elements of country and rock and reggae and all sorts of things. And so the album really reflects all those efforts, you know, like, it, it's been, it was, I played, I put a band together, um, Jeff and my friends, Jeff and, and Poopsie, he's the bass player and, um, Corey is guitar player and a, a fellow named John Abella, who is actually from Los Angeles, who had moved out the exact same day that I did Whoa. to Nashville. Yeah. It was really odd. And I didn't know him before. Uh, out here he was actually a friend of a friend but he is an amazing uh, producer and uh, instrumentalist and so um, I was able to uh, over the past year kind of put together this album which is it just has a lot of it just has a I don't know I've always been a fan of like the White Album by the Beatles you know like how it seemed to be so many different types of music and styles but it was all definitely them you know mm-hmm. and so I, I kind of that was my approach. It's like I just write a song, and whether it fits with the next, last song or the next song, and uh, gotcha. so I really, you know, I just I wanted to have like a, a lot of kind of variety even within the songs. Like there's a song called "Wanna Ride," which is it basically has a Motown beat, you know, like a Supreme thing, like boom, 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 kind of thing. But then on top of it is like country rock, and then like you know. 1960s pop music you know it's just kind of got a lot of different things going on yeah that's why it's called hybrids hybrid exactly it's imagine an elephant with like you know a giraffe's head it's just just all crazy it's all crazy but you know it's all me and a lot of it is really storytelling you know and from different characters perspectives it's, it's filled with fictional characters some of which are me and uh you know, it's just about little stories and just, you know, concepts like that. Sometimes it gets a little dark, but it's, um, all, you know, always interesting. And it's been really exciting to work out here in Nashville, you know. So how many songs are there? I would say there are about 14 and a half songs. On wow. It. Wow. So, yeah. But the thing is, is I'm, I'm a fan of the old, you know, the old song lengths, you know, so some of some of the songs are only two minutes long, oh, you okay. know, and so it kind of it whiz bangs by real fast. <laughs> nice. And when will the album be out? I'm hoping to after the release of Green Lights this month, last month, and then put out another single. I would like to put the album out in November. Oh, okay. So, 
Yeah, something like maybe on my birthday. Well, you know, we're into August now, so November's only three months away. It sounds like it's far off, but now that we're into August, it's really not. So that's not too much longer. It's kind of like the election. It's it's like the election. (laughs) It's a lot sooner than you think, but it's not soon enough. (laughs) So, yeah, it'll be soon. You started to mention it, but in 2018, you moved to Nashville after having been out in Northern California for a long, long time. What prompted you to make the move? Well, I was living uh, with my family, my wife, and uh, my my daughter, Loretta, actually, who was born in 2015. But we were living up in what you would call the Emerald Triangle in Northern California, which is up in Mendocino County. We had a farm up there, and we were growing medicine, as it were. Um, And we had this beautiful place called the Sacred Dog Ranch, uh, 20 acres in the redwoods there. But what had happened was, well, a number of factors, but the main factor was, you know, one day my wife and I were watching the news and yet another wildfire had started somewhere nearby. Mm. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, I, we don't know if we can do this anymore because the fact of the matter is is that the wildfire situation there in California is, is outrageous and is way worse than it used to be. And we were just worried that we were going to lose everything, you know, that we'd worked so hard to to build. And uh, so long story short, I mean, you know, my wife threw a dart at the Internet and said, well, here's this farm out in Nashville, and maybe you could uh, start doing some music out there. And, you know, I had been recording music and stuff for many years and put out some great records with my friend Kyle um, called Strawberry Smog was the name of the band and still is a band. But... You know, I was just like, you know, let's go out to Nashville. Let's make a huge life change, completely rearrange everything and just like go for it, you know, and do some more music and 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 hopefully save our butts. You know, I would say we're climate refugees, really, Mm. is what we are. And but luckily we had the wherewithal to do something about it. You know, a lot of people aren't so fortunate. They, you know, they're they're kind of stuck where they are and, you know. But that's really the, the, the deal, and, you know, we've been here for about 18 months now, and it's just been just fabulous, you know, Awesome. in terms of what the opportunities that have come up. So it's just been great. I mean, it was just the right move for us, and we did it. So. Yeah, and I've had to sit back and watch from the other side of the country here in Florida as out in California. Listeners, if you've been with me a long time, you know that on episode 196, my guest was Chad Cromwell, who is a drummer that has played with some of the bigger names out there, including Joe Walsh. He's played on some Kenny Chesney records. And he's married to Wendy Wagner, who was on episode 123 of the show. And the two of them, their house was lost in the California wildfires. And so I've had to sit here on the other side of the country and watch for the last, I don't know what it's been, at least a year, if not more, as they've worked and worked and worked to try to get to the point where only now they've both been posting that they've finally been given the green light to start to rebuild. So you can understand why Gary and his family decided to not stick around any longer and see if they were going to be the next to be telling such a sad tale. So it's good that that your story has a happy ending, Gary. And you mentioned before about having your own studio. I wonder how much bigger of a job is it to move across the country when there is also a studio and all that gear involved as opposed to someone who does just move to Nashville that quote-unquote is just a songwriter with a guitar. Well, 
I'll tell you, it's not just the recording studio. For us, it was literally four 26-foot trucks filled with, you know, all our stuff. And we brought animals. We wow. brought a herd of goats. Wow. We br- brought chickens, cats, dogs. I mean, the thing is, is that in fact, California, we had a, a vast zoological situation going on where, you know, we left a lot of our horses behind, but hmm. we had to... Um, we had to bring everything and you know it's funny because the studio was almost the least of it you know I mean, huh. <laughs> like, but you know you know i just we had uh, but i do have some cool stuff you know like a 1972 uh ludwig drum kit that this gentleman dave black um owned he was a drummer for duke ellington and mm. so it's, there, there's some interesting equipment that i brought with me but you know i must say it's like we're really you know farming is what we're doing out here you know and we're doing this permaculture farming stuff so you know it was a whole deal and uh i'm glad we did it well what is permaculture farming and for that matter how does it fit together with music if if it does well permaculture farming is is an organic approach to the farming practice where you know, for example, we keep it all in-house. Like, the animals that we have produce the dung, which creates the soil. And then, you know, and we don't use any sort of, like, pesticide or anything. And so everything is organic, and, you know, we don't we don't bring in stuff from the outside. So we're able to uh, grow organic food and, and herbs and other things like that without, you know, that are totally healthy and uh, good for the environment. And that's basically permaculture is just, it's an organic practice of gardening that, you know, we've been doing for about 15 years now. The thing about the thing, the connection for me, oddly enough, is that I find when I'm out killing a field or shoveling poop or, doing any sort of thing that you would do on a farm, that's when my creative moments really come into focus for me. Like I can't tell you how many songs, how many songs I've written just shoveling dirt, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, you know, mucking out a stall. It's really, it clears your head and you know, what else are you going to do? You're not watching TV. So you, you get to, you get to have your thoughts and I've written, many songs while farming mm. but is it is it a case of you get these song ideas while you're farming and so you throw down your dirty gloves and pull your phone out and just kind of sing them into your phone and then work with them later or, or what <laughs> well you know when i'm just in the house and i have a phone on me i will do that because those, the ideas come fast and furious and then you you know you don't want to forget them um, but honestly, like when I'm out in the field, tilling the field and writing a song in my head, it really just takes me back to when I was 11 years old and walking to school and was just writing songs in my head and just thinking of all the parts and the words and everything. And it's a good exercise in, you know, mental acuity. So I, I just basically, it's the same thing I've been doing for my whole life, you know? That's how you do it. But you're saying that when you're working outside and you get a song idea, you just commit it to memory. You don't record anything in that moment to store for later. No, I don't. No, I, no, I don't because I don't have anything to record it with. So it actually forces you 
to write the whole dang song instead of just like <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Like if you have your little your little iPhone with your little recording device on it, you're just like, Well, here's a little part. No, 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 you know, and then you forget about it. And when you're out in the field and you're working, you are forced to write all the lyrics and think about what the baseline might be and do all sorts of things. Well, yeah. listeners, watch what I do here. I'm going to tie everything together real nicely now. So you heard Gary talk about <laughs> having a studio where he lives, and you heard me refer to a couple of past episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. And Gary, there in Nashville, you have encountered Matt Sherrod, who is the drummer for Crowded House. He was also the guest way yep. back on episode 104 of the show, and he has Boneyard Recordings, which is a home studio. How did the two of you get connected there in Nashville, I assume? Uh, you know what? Both of our kids went to the same Montessori school, and uh, back when people were going to school, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just... Uh, our kids got would get together to play, and that's how we met Matt and his lovely wife. And um, you know, like recently, he and I like take the kids out to a lake and stuff like that. And he brought me over to his place, and I saw his studio, and it is gorgeous. Yeah. I gotta tell you, yeah, <laughs> it is. I've been there. It's it's a really cool spot. It's really well put together and nice, nice place. Yeah. I love Matt, and I want to thank him for letting me help get me on the, your little show here. Yeah, for it's sure. It's been a blast. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Matt. And uh, listeners, the Chad Cromwell interview, the Wendy Wagner interview, and the Matt Sherrod interview, I'll put links to all of those on Gary's show page on nhte.net. I am joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by songwriter, producer, and performer Gary Wirtz. Visit his official website at grwmusic.com. I'll put a link to that, too on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. He is on social media, too. Connect with Gary on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. His music is streaming on Spotify, so you can follow him on there, but the better way to support Gary is to purchase downloads of his music from the likes of iTunes. His new single, Green Lights, is now available, plus you heard him talking about the new album that you'll want to be keeping an eye out for later this year, as well as perhaps even a single before then. I mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio ad-free by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hitting the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Gary Wirtz and bonus content for the previous 32 episodes of this show. I do have to say thank you to those of you that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I just got the latest monthly email from them yesterday showing me the total for july feel free to email me yourself podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you are buying from amazon through their banner on my show website remember it's no extra cost to you you just go to the show website nhte.net scroll down to the tall amazon banner and then once you click that it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone or it'll open their website if you're on your computer Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses that I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me in those once-a-month emails like the one I got yesterday is how much they're kicking back to me. That's it. So I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased. Anyhow, thanks for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. 
So, Gary, before the break there, I was mentioning about Matt Sherrod, and back in the intro, I mentioned Jane Weedland's name. Talk about some of the other artists that you have worked with. Well, uh, one of the coolest guys that I've worked with is a guy named Dave Ketching. Uh, he uh, it was a guitar player in the Eagles of Death Metal, um, and uh, he has a very cool recording studio out in uh, Joshua Tree, California, which is in the desert about two hours from Los Angeles. Um, it's called Rancho de la Luna, and it's a very historic studio where uh, many cool people, Foo Fighters, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, uh, many kind of big-time rock bands and stuff. And mm. he, I met those guys um, about 10 years ago, maybe probably even more than that. Gosh, it's been going on for a while, but um, he's, and, you know, I've recorded at his studio and was recently, a couple years ago, he put out a uh, solo album called Shared Hallucinations Part 1, which was on Last Hurrah Records. And uh, I contributed a couple of tunes to that, and that was a really great experience. And got to perform live with him on stage out in the desert, you know, like in front of thousands of people. It was a very cool experience. Um, he's actually re-releasing that album on his own label, Rancho de la Luna uh, Records, which he just put together. And so... That is very exciting. That's getting re-released. I need to be heard by more people, I thought. And um, the original run sold out anyway, so it's time. <laughs> um, that was cool. That, those guys are the best, and, you know, uh, they're the coolest people I know, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, I've worked with uh, a couple uh, – I don't know if you've ever heard of Eric McFadden. He's an amazing guitar player. Um and I've contributed songs to a couple of his albums. Uh, he's he's a, probably one of the top five guitar players in, on the planet. And people should check out Eric McFadden's long, vast catalog of music. He's amazing. Um, yeah, I've it's been my you know I don't I've worked with a lot of different folks in a lot of different ways, and um, so I just that's my main thing now is that I just want to continue to collaborate with people. You know, it's like I've been a bedroom jockey, you know, like a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of musicians are, you know, I play all the instruments. So, I, you know, I play guitar, bass, drums, keyboards, and I sing my butt off. And so I'm able to record everything myself, but it's just nothing like playing with other people, you know, it's just 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 better right now for me. So one thing that I'm not clear on, you talked about Sacred Dog Studios having existed when you were in California and that it has been resurrected there in Nashville. So are you just having a studio for yourself or are you actually having people come in like perhaps some of those that you're talking about that have come to Sacred Dog Studios that you've worked with there? I have actually uh, recorded other folks here. I just did, uh, last November I did a my friend Kyle Ranson, who is uh, the other member of Strawberry Smog, our little psychedelic folk rock band that we have, he came out to Nashville because he was trying to record a solo album in California, and it was a total disaster. And so he called me up and said, hey, can I get some of that old magic? So he flew out here, <laughs> and we literally, we literally recorded an entire 12-song album in three days mm. with me on drums, and 
basically, I just grabbed up all the players I could find in Nashville, like the lap steel players, mm-hmm. you know, all those Nashville sounds, and just and you know, got them to come out and sit in my garage, and we just and you know, basically, it was over my birthday, so it was a great birthday present to myself to be able to work on <laughs> some music. It was really fun. It was a lot of fun, and I've had you know inquiries about recording out here from various folks. So I think it's going to start to turn into a real recording studio at some point, yeah. Okay. So what is the Jane mm-hmm. Weedland story? How did you get the opportunity to work with her? Well, that was interesting because I was invited by Pat McDonald, who was the fella. He had a band called Timbuk3 yeah. back in the 80s, and they had a, they had a hit song, uh, the future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. Yeah, I remember. And he, yeah, and that was his one hit. And but he's actually a really amazing songwriter, you know, with a lot of grit. And uh, he actually had this uh, festival, and he still does, called the Steelbridge Song Festival in uh, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Hmm. And the whole concept was that he would. He was trying to save this old steel bridge that they wanted to tear down. And he's like, no, I don't want them to tear down this beautiful (laughs) silver old bridge. So he set up this thing where he bought a motel and wired it for sound and put a recording studio in it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And what he would do, and he does to this day and still does, even though they saved the bridge a long time ago, is invite (laughs) songwriters from all over over the country, various songwriters like some more famous than others. Um, you know, Jane was one of those. She's from Wisconsin originally. Uh. So she um, came out there and, you know, we got to work with her. And what, what you do is you play spin the bottle and you would, your job was you randomly work with two other songwriters to write songs together in this motel. And you, and then you, when you write a little song together, then you go record it. And then at the end of the week, there's a giant concert, usually uh, usually headlined by uh, Jackson Brown, of wow. all people. Wow. And, and so I got to actually talk to Jack. I got to play on stage with Jackson Brown. I don't know if he knew he was playing with me, but <laughs> I got to play with him. But I'm confused. How did you get yourself into this thing in the first place? Because I understand about the fellow who you mentioned from Tibuk 3 that had this bridge thing in mind with the motel and, and then Jane being one uh-huh. of the people. But So how did you get yourself in, inserted into the middle of all that? Well, I'll tell you, it just like almost everything else in my life, it was my wife, Lisa, who engineered it. She was old friends with Pat. Um, uh, through okay. probably Eric, Eric McFadden and that whole crew. Okay. Basically, it's San Francisco, San Francisco rockers and they knew him and that's why i was invited out because gotcha. they were like gee that guy seems to know how to write songs wow what a cool <laughs> story that sounds like it was it is cool sounds like it was very unique a really memorable experience for sure i mean basically it's, it was like summer camp but for like middle-aged songwriters <laughs> you know it was really you know, he would throw us in a bus and drive us around the woods, and you know, <laughs> suddenly there'd be a roadside, there'd be a roadside bar somewhere. We all jump out, and jump on stage, and get get lit up, and How then cool play some songs, that? and get back at the bus, and then wow. go back to the motel. 
amazing. Yeah. Well, really cool. so we're talking about a whole lot of different people here. I know you're getting ready for the release of the new album, but looking ahead, any future collaborations that you envision? Well, I'm definitely going to be doing some more stuff with Dave Ketching out in Joshua Tree. Hopefully when this all this COVID stuff blows over, I uh, start to travel and do things like that. But right now, because of the release of Greenlight uh, and its connection uh, with the reggae world, I've been getting a lot of offers to work with reggae artists. Like uh, there's this uh, gentleman named Troy Tanium, who's a dance hall, hardcore dance hall artist in Jamaica who wants to work with me. So mm. I'm working with that. Um, and other reggae, uh, the Leaf of Life is a reggae artist out in uh, California who wants to write songs. So it's funny because like it's leading the release of this music is leading to more, you know, offers to collaborate uh, with various people. So yeah. um, and also I've been I'm collaborating with country artists out here like Boo Ray. He's a, an amazing kind of like outlaw. Um, country artist in the vein of like Merle Haggard or something like that. Oh. So I'm, I've been writing tunes with folks and it's just, it's everything that I hoped it would be, you know? Awesome. Let's look way back at a young Gary Wirtz. What prompted you to move from New York to San Francisco? Because as I understand it, at the age of just 14, you were already performing at CBGB's. So why the move out West? <laughs> Well, I, I moved a lot as a kid, um, not because my parents were in the military or anything, just because they were like, you know, drifting hippies. But um, basically, you know, I, when I was a kid in New York City, I was part of the sort of the punk scene there and, uh, you know, had the opportunity to play, you know, CBGBs and various other places. And that was kind of my start in the music scene. And... The reason I moved out to San Francisco was because I was invited to be in a band called the Mommy Heads. Uh. Um, they were buddies, buddies, buddies of mine from Brooklyn and Manhattan that had moved out to San Francisco. Okay. Um, and so I joined them out there and did did a lot of recording and stuff with them. That ultimately didn't stick, but they went on to put out one one album on Geffen. So that mm. was pretty, they did pretty well for themselves. Uh, I think it was produced by Don was, it was the whole, the wow. whole Vagilla, you know, wow. but I didn't, I wasn't a member at that point. Um, so that's what prompted me to, I was following music basically. That's <laughs> why yeah. I'm moving around, you know? Well, you have been in some yeah. different bands over the years. So why the choice to go solo? And by the way, listeners, I've been referring to Gary Wirtz through this whole interview, but you actually go by GRW, but pronounce it grow. Yeah. So why the choice to go that way? Well, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I was in a band called, uh, which I put together in San Francisco called hot mute. And it was uh, like this sort of, um, I would say it was like a classic rock, like kind of styled band, you know, it had like very much like cars, the cars or queen and stuff like that. It was, but when I, when I came, I was like, well, I want to put out a, I want to play, put out a record where I play all the parts, you know, so I could have more control. And uh, what I was thinking to myself was, I don't want to put out a record that's just Gary works. Like, but at the same time, 
I don't want to make up a fake band name because that wouldn't really be, you know, appropriate. So I kind of split the difference. I, I said, well, I'll just use my initials, Gary Russell Works, G-R-W, um, Grow Without the O, basically. <laughs> and I so, so in a way, it's like it's sort of like a fake band, but it's just my initials. Yeah. That's what it is. I so, like it. That's how I arrived at that, yeah. <laughs> well, listeners, I was preparing for today's show, and I was thinking about how the audience probably wonders, why does Bruce continue to talk about the Access Vegas newsletter? Is anyone actually still going there these days, even though the pandemic is still very real? And the answers are yes, people are still going there. And I continue to talk about the Access Vegas newsletter because they continue to send it out since lots of people are wanting to be in the know for planning a trip in the next two to three weeks or two to three months or even two to three years. When I woke up this morning, the latest edition was in my email inbox and it gave an update on what is happening there with, say, wearing masks, for example, and where is better to be right now, the Strip or downtown, meaning Fremont Street. There was even information there about how hotel prices will be for the average tourist in light of what's happening convention-wise as you can tell, they're right there on site in Las Vegas giving out current information as well as tips and insider information on deals and discounts. And you can get it all by starting at my show website, nhte.net, and clicking on the Access Vegas logo and then save $5 when you put in the code BRUCE during sign-up. And I haven't even mentioned the private Facebook group that you get access to or the exclusive members-only special reports that you'll also receive. I even read, are you ready for this? Only in Las Vegas, an ATM machine that dispenses slices of cake. <laughs> read all about this and more. Go to my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo, and then during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. So, Gary, we were talking about your having decided to go solo rather than be in a band. When things return to normal, meaning the pandemic finally ends, hopefully sooner than later, will you go out and perform live to try to promote the new album, or are you more of a release it, stay in the studio, just keep creating more new music for me or with other artists kind of guy? Uh, when the when it, Well, <laughs> when the pandemic concludes... I will definitely be getting out on stage and performing live with my band. Um, it's It's been so frustrating. You know, basically, I had all this stuff ready to go, this album and all this stuff, and then the pandemic hit. And, you know, like, like a lot of other musicians, I had to put a lot of plans on hold. So when, this, when things clear up a little bit, I'm definitely going to be hitting the stage for sure. And will the players that would be on stage with you be the same as who you mentioned worked with you on the new album? Absolutely. Uh, Jeff uh, Ellinger is a phenomenal drummer. And uh, Jeff Corey, uh, Poopsie Brown, he's an amazing bass player. Yeah, they're all going to be there and uh, really excited about that day. And is this going to be a we will travel, or are you basically looking to stay in the, I'll call it the greater Nashville area? I want to take it on the road. You know, I mean, I'm obviously not very well known, but I think, I think the idea is to radiate outwardly, you know? <laughs> I mean, we live in an amazing spot right here. It's like, 
I'm basically in between Nashville, Memphis, and uh, Muscle Shoals. So this is like the heart of American music here. Mm. And I want to, I mean, I'm right in the middle of that triangle. It's like the Mojo Triangle, basically. <laughs> and I want to just, I want to play everywhere around here, and then I want to get even further. Definitely. And I'm sure you're optimistic that with all the connections that we've heard throughout this interview that you've managed to make over the years, that it's probably going to follow the same pattern. And I'm sure you'll meet the right people who will have opportunities for you and the band on the road somewhere. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, you know, sowing the seeds of uh, more and more and more is basically what I'm trying to do. And, and, and I hope that everybody, all musicians, everybody is able to get back on their feet and just like take it off, you know, take off with it, you know, yeah. but me especially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned <laughs> that the new album is going to just be jam packed. And I think I saw an album of yours for, I don't want, I, I want to say maybe like 2006. Am I right? Did it have 19 songs on it? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was a CD. So I was able to put back in the CD days. I don't know if kids remember, but you could put <laughs> 80 minutes of music on a CD, and everybody was, you know. So I, you know, I just I had I've written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs over the years, and so like putting only 19 songs on an album is actually very little. <laughs> <to> me, <so. laughs> only 19. <laughs> <laughs> only 19 songs. And so for your new album to have only 14 and a half, you, you probably feel like you're really cheating people. <laughs> well, I, you know, that it's really, that, that, that stems from the wish and desire to see it released on, uh, on vinyl. So, you know, as mm. you know, you can only put uh, about 40 minutes max of music on, on a record. So that, that, that really is that. And, you know, you don't want to wear out your welcome anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one called Angry God. Before you and I record some extra conversation exclusively for the folks signed up to my Patreon, tell the audience about this song, please. Well, Angry God is very much in keeping with the whole album in that it's a, it's a, it's a story of a fictional character. In this case, it's from the, written from the perspective of God, and he's asking for as much pain and tears as possible from his worshipers. And <laughs> I, I was like, I want to write a song that's like, um, uh, who, who's that artist? Uh, oh, goodness gracious, I'm black, blanking out on it. Uh, just a classic 60s ballad-type song, but with, um, but with sort of strange lyrics and stuff. And... Uh, and this is it. It's Angry God, and it's just one of the songs on hybrids. And that's exactly what I was going to ask you, is will this be... Is there a chance that this will be the single that you might release before the album comes out, or do you have a different song in mind to release as the single? I would be more inclined to release something a little more up-tempo and happier. I have a song called Wanna Ride, which I mentioned earlier which is uh, much more peppy and fun and country and everything. And so that probably would be the next single. But Angry God is definitely an album track, and I think it's, but I think it's, it's going to be interesting for people to hear. Great. Well, listeners, Gary and I are going to head over on Patreon, where we are going to be talking over there about the music video 
for Green Lights, the song that you heard at the beginning of the show. But for now, Gary, thank you for being on Now Here This Entertainment. I really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, man, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on, and it's been an honor to talk to you. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to songwriter, producer, and performer Gary Wirtz. Remember that he goes by Grow, and it's G-R-W. So visit his official website at grwmusic.com and then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I've done all three of those myself, so please do the same. And then subscribe to his YouTube channel and watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell him you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment, regardless of when you're hearing this episode, by the way. Remember that, yes, he is on Spotify, but the new single, Green Lights, is available for download on iTunes for just 99 cents. And, of course, keep up with Gary online so you get the news directly from him when you can get his new album, Hybrids, as well as the single that he's saying will likely be released sometime between now and the release of the album. Again, Gary and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last seven months' worth of guests. It's only 5 bucks, and it's ad-free, and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button, and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all of your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been almost six and a half years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 339. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Gary Wirtz. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Angry God. And I want you to cry.